Hello, hello, I'm Natalie Barr and this is It's All Light. Today we have a special guest, Zach McCulloch. Hello everybody. <laughs> so Zach and I grew up across the street from each other our whole lives. Well, pretty much. I think you moved in when you were, how old were you? I was 13. Yeah, and I was, I'm a few years younger and I moved in when I was like nine, so give or take pretty a few much. years. Pretty much so our whole lives. Yeah. yeah, so he's from Draper, Utah. Went to Alta High School, played soccer, and you also played soccer in college at, remind me. So originally at Southern Virginia University, yes, and then SVU. I went on my mission, and then I played at Dixie. Yeah, and you served in New York. Yes, ma'am. Manhattan, right? Uh, or upstate? Kind of. It was New York, New York, North. So okay. Manhattan was a part of the mission, but I was in the Bronx and upstate Way about cool. half and half. And Spanish, right? Yep. Cool. Yeah, so... I've just known Zach as he was like my sister's age or wait younger. You know, you're my sister's age. So two years older than me. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, wasn't super close with him growing up because he was a little bit older than me. But then as years have gone by, age matters less. And you're friends with people of all ages. Even all, if, It's all the same. But when you're, in, same, when you're in middle school, they seem like the older boy across the street. Like, that's how you were for me. <laughs> Anywho, oh, <laughs> so Zach, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, okay, so you've kind of covered the basics here. I grew up in Utah, born and raised, um, played soccer my whole life. That was kind of my passion growing up. I have two brothers. Uh, mm -hmm. Both of them are married. I am the middle child. And um, I currently live in Highland, Utah, and I do operation consulting for work and a little bit of e-commerce and some other things that way nice and uh, i still play soccer i coach at alta i'm coaching the jv soccer team this year and um, i really enjoy being involved with that stuff so Go Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's awesome and what else are you passionate about tell us some of your hobbies and passions um so i love being outside so uh, we grew up boating a uh, big mm -hmm. boater i feel so blessed to have lived so close to lake powell <laughs> Um, that was kind of a big thing for my family. So we went to Lake Powell every year, kind of grew up uh, living there at Lake Powell. We used to go there all the time. Um, so I love being there. So Lake Powell's a big one. I actually gave kayak tours at Lake Powell one summer no way. Uh, when I was at college. So I loved being there. Awesome. I just love Lake Powell. So uh, that's a big one. I love uh, climbing. Uh, so getting out and just being on the mountain and climbing outside. Mm. Um, I love doing that. So I have some friends in the area that we always go climbing and do things like that. It's a rush. Um, <laughs> It is. It is a rush. But yes, luckily, and I think that's partially why I like it. <laughs> I get my rush from running up and down the mountain instead of climbing it because climbing is fun, but I just get so stressed out if I don't know what to do, <laughs> especially outdoor climbing. It freaks me out. Even though I know I'm safe, I just am like, I have no idea where to put my hands. But anyways. I, right. I know. Talk. And I'm the same way. And every time I get up there and every time I'm lead climbing mm -hmm. and I'm about to fall off, I'm like, oh, why do I do this? Lead. But it's I so have fun. never yeah, led so climb. Dang. Okay. So. What else? Tell us more. Um, so that's, I mean, as far as like hobbies and things like that go, I mean, I love uh, building relationships with people. And I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about this today, but as far as uh, value living, value driven behavior goes, um, I kind of had a whole journey on my mental health journey and figuring out how things mm. work for me. Yeah. And a big piece of that <laughs> that came out of that was uh, choosing to live my values and not be governed by fear and so that's mm. kind of become it just kind of becomes your passion not that you necessarily wanted it to be that way but because I spent so much time doing it and working on it that 
that time and effort put into something, I think starts to build that passion over time. Totally. Um, and I, I think that same way about soccer and all these things, because I absolutely love soccer, but I've put so many hours into that sport and working yeah. so hard at it that it makes me love it that much more. And I think it's mm-hmm. very much that way with our passions and where we're at in our life. Totally. We watched a video at work and it was super interesting because it was kind of like the opposite of what I've been taught about passion. It was kind of anti-passion, but still passion, just helping us rethink about it. And it was saying like, sometimes the connotation with passion is like, you have to know what you're passionate about and let that drive your life. And, and if you're not working in your passion, what are you doing? And, and that, that negative connotation. But then it was saying, really, your passion is just the energy you're putting towards something. And where are you focusing your life? And you can have many passions depending where you dedicate your time. So even if you're not playing soccer every day, you're still passionate about it. But right now you're focusing on other things and building those passions. Yeah, I love that. I 100% agree with that just because uh, I feel like the idea of if you're not in your passion, what are you doing? It takes all your ownership and agency away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to be able to have ownership and make the decisions in my life. So yeah, uh, totally. I think it's all about what you choose to do. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes for me, I get caught up in thinking, okay, like I know I'm a specific person with a specific personality. Therefore, there's like a specific purpose for me to live in my life. And I think you can pull bits and pieces of that through many different things you put your energy into. And and through that, you build that personality, you build the purpose in your life by focusing on these things that are important to you. And I think with that, going with that is we don't really know sometimes what our passion is. I think oh, totally. sometimes when we are grown up, it's like, oh, you know, if you don't know that you want to be a doctor, then what are you doing? Or like, if you don't know exactly mm-hmm. what you want to do, then what, you know, you, you don't have it figured out, quote unquote. And I don't think yeah. that that's, that's the case. I think it's totally an exploration and a journey and just being curious and open to, hey, maybe I might like this. Maybe I don't, but I don't know until I go try it. Yeah. And until I try it, then I can maybe check it out and see if it's, yeah, I liked climbing this particular mountain or I get to the top of it. And I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. That actually isn't for me. I'm going to go climb the other one. Like, I want to yeah. go do this stuff instead. Totally. I feel like people should start reminding college students, like, you're probably not going to totally do what your major is or like it, it, it's just always different. And you get out of college thinking, you know, you're going to have it all figured out because you just went through the school. But like you get out and you're like, okay, now what? Like, what do I want to do? What kind of job do I want? How do I want to work? And then and then even in the career field, you're like, oh, is this what I want? And then you just like keep moving and growing and changing till you find what I feel like passion is parallel with like what you are so good at naturally. And then when you kind of combine the two, it's like it's like um, magic. (laughs) Yes. If I could say. I love that. Yeah, (laughs) totally. So a value-driven life, what does that look like? Um, so as far as the values go, is it's deciding those things that we want to do in our lives um, and going and just doing them. <laughs> and that sounds really simple, but I think especially in our day and age with all the electronics and information and data overload and all these things that are kind of coming at us, Um, there seems to be a paralysis of like anxiety and depression and other mental health things that come up in our lives that are very real issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) I think a lot of times we're turning to the next thing that's just going to finally fix us. Like we're finally going to figure it out. And this is across the board. It's like, hey, I'm finally going to figure out my career. Hey, I'm finally going to 
mm. figure out my mental health. Hey, I'm finally going to figure out this one thing that's finally going to fix everything. Um, oh, and that kind of, you know, you got the stuff where people are like, hey, the get rich quick stuff. If it's maybe, you know, sounds too good to be true, it probably is um, kind <laughs> of a thing. Okay. Um, so I think it's it's this whole idea of instead of looking for the next thing to finally be better, it's seeing yourself as good and worthy and better right now Ooh. and going and doing the things that you want to do. So that applies to dating, to careers, to relationships with our family and friends. What in what areas are we holding back because we think there's still something we need to get? Um, and so it's putting our values in place and saying, hey, I value building good relationships with people. And even though I don't want to go to this, maybe this work banquet or like, um, I don't want to go on this date because I'm anxious or I don't want to um, go take this responsibility because, you know, I, I just, I'm, I don't know. I just, I feel uncertain about it. It's going and doing it anyways, while having any thought or feeling. So I can feel anxious. I can feel depressed. I can feel, you know, all these difficult feelings and still go and do and build the things that I want to do. And it's so interesting that as we do that, on the other side of that is all the things that we want, but instead of just going and doing it, we try to control it and get it all fixed right now before huh. we go do it. And I think we've got a little bit backwards. Ooh, that is so interesting. I love that thought. When you first started talking, a thought came to my mind. So we did this like discover strength seminar at work on Friday. And okay. one thing they mentioned, so we focused on our color code, our love language, and then our PAEI, which is kind of like some it's like a thing but then our work like made its its own thing anyways about your work um style okay. but the last one was strengths and they were talking about like if a kid brings home a report card they have an A in science an A in English a C in history but an F in chemistry which one do you think the parent is going to focus on straight to the F i would it's, assume yeah right? yeah straight to the F and it was like 77% of parents went to the F. So it's like our whole lives were kind of taught about to focus on our weaknesses, focus what we're not doing right. But if mm. we flip that and focus on what we're doing well at, we get better at that and it propels us further. And then from there, I feel like our strengths once focused on can help tackle those weaknesses. So like you were saying, we do kind of have it backwards in what you were saying, but like in so many other things, we have to rewire our brains. And so at, um, like the big takeaway was 80% should be focused on your strengths and 20% should be focused on your weaknesses. I love that. So I yeah. feel like that applies to just going out and doing things and like recognizing that you are already capable. I love that you said that because you are and you have it in you. And if you just do it, then you can see more of, of where you could go. Totally. What do yeah. you think? What are your thoughts? I think so too. I mean, I think it's, um, uh, this this idea of getting versus getting versus giving so mm. in any particular situation um just asking myself the question what am i trying to get here um and what how could i switch that to how can i give mm. um and a lot of situations we find that in um like our relationships with family or friends or dating relationships or anything like that it's like what am i trying to get from this that mm. i don't already have and we can actually give all of that to ourselves. So we can give ourselves love. We can give ourselves worthiness. We can give ourselves all those things because that is just, that's, it's like gravity. We are worthy. We are loved. We are whole. We are good right now. 
And because that's the case, now that I am full and I my cup is full, I can now go give to other people and build in relationships instead of trying to get something. Mm. So instead of trying to get it from them, we're just building value together. And as um, you so there's build, no scarcity, right? You, you naturally receive because we do exactly. we do need those things. It, it's it's good to have those relationships and it's good to feel wanted and valued from others, but like you fill your cup and as you give, that just naturally comes. It just comes back. And now you've built a relationship based on value that's being added to one another instead of two people that are coming from a place of scarcity trying to fill their cups with the mm. other person. Yeah. Um, and I think it's that way in everything, in all aspects of this stuff. And and especially from like a mental health perspective of it's like, hey, I'm feeling really anxious or I'm feeling depressed or I'm I'm having these issues. And we instantly think, oh, no, this shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this this feeling shouldn't be here. Or I, oh, man, I shouldn't be depressed. I shouldn't have these things. And we immediately get into these shoulds. And now we're back in like this fix it mode of like, mm. what do I need to do to fix this? Like now I'm coming from scarcity. And yeah. instead I found it so much more useful to just say, hey, I'm feeling all this and I can mm-hmm. see that and I can, I, and I see all the thoughts that are coming and all this stuff. And it's really difficult right now, but what are the values? Because that's what's going to pull me up and over mm. that uncertainty curve. So I've got all this uncertainty going on in my life, all these different things that are going on. And I've already chosen my values. I've chosen the things that I want to do. And in any given moment, I can choose those values and go do those with any thought or feeling. Mm. And I think that has helped move me away from getting stuck in this place of like playing small and kind of playing in a place where it's like, oh, I just need to, I still need to fix this stuff. I still don't feel like I'm quite good enough to go do this Mm. stuff or like, oh, I'm struggling here or there. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Maybe this stuff is difficult for me, but I'm going to choose my values and I'm going to go do them anyways. Like hmm. that is what I'm going to do. We tend to limit ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, a roommate once and she taught us a lesson in Relief Society. And she like at the end gave us some affirmations, three affirmations to say every day. And one was, I think I am loved. One was, I will not stand in my way. And then I forgot the third one, but I love just like thinking I'm not going to stand in my way. Like, yeah, I might have anxiety. I might have depression. I might be struggling with certain things, but like when you choose to take an action versus sit in your thoughts, it just always works out better. I think like just go for a walk or meditate, which I've been doing more this year. And I've really seen it help me have clearer thoughts, help me understand myself better. And when I get into an anxious situation, I can just like, remember, Oh yeah, I know how to breathe, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's right. Breathe. breathe yeah. Right. It really goes a long way, but I want to go back to what you were saying about, if you know your values and then you go and do them, then that, that makes all the difference. So backing up to how do you know what your values are and how, how have you built those in your life and what are they? Yeah, good question. So uh, I think initially I have an idea of like what my values are and I started with those. Um, but as I kind of started approaching life and my mental health uh just everything in general, honestly, a little bit differently, it started becoming a little bit more curious around as I was starting to try and live those values, I saw things that were potentially not serving me that weren't useful. Hmm. And if those took me to a place where I didn't want to be, I could say, hey, um, maybe this was a value that I thought I wanted. And it feels so like, you know, so important to me, Mm -hmm. but it's taking me somewhere where I don't want to go. So the fruit of what is happening here is not good. 
So if I want huh. something different, then I need to be curious about, hey, maybe I'm wrong about this and the way mm. that I'm thinking about this mm-hmm. and be open to exploring and adventuring with that kind of that feeling. Like if you, you know, when you go on a trip or you're going to adventure some new hike or whatever, you don't know what's on the other end of the hike right. and you don't sit at the beginning of the hike thinking, oh, you know, I wonder what is at the end. Like, I need to know, like, I must know before what is I go. the other side of this before I go. Mm. But the whole fun and journey of it is getting to experience it for the first time. Like we don't know. And that's, what's so cool about it. Um, but for some reason, it's really hard to translate that over to mm-hmm. our experience with our lives and mm-hmm. like learning new things um, totally. because we're always like, oh, I have to know. Yeah. And so I take that same approach with my values. It's like, hey, these are values that I think are important to me. Um, and as I've been doing that, I'm like, hey, actually, this one's going to change a little bit. Like this one's, um, I want to try this one and I'm going to get curious around it. And I'm going to work on being open to letting go of that other one. And that is so difficult because when there's Hmm. things that we've been grown, you know, we've been thinking our whole lives or whatever, it feels really wrong when we do something different than that. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Your brain's like, whoa, what are you doing, Yeah, bro? Like, (laughs) this is not, this isn't right. Like, this is wrong. You shouldn't do this. But that's where sticking to that value that you've chosen is so important because now there's going to be all this uncertainty because you're changing. And whenever we try to change something, whether it's in ourselves or in a company or all this stuff, people experience a level of uncertainty that goes up. So all those difficult thoughts, all those things saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't go this way, all that stuff, that all gets stronger. But as you continue to choose that value over and over and over again, you can start to explore that and your brain starts to release a little bit. It's like, oh, we actually, this isn't a threat. This isn't wrong. This isn't bad. And Mm -hmm. then we start to rewire and learn new things. And I think that's probably the most difficult part of choosing and directing your values is, is you make changes that your brain kind of throws up stuff that's like, hey, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm going to do it anyways. I'm, yeah. Because I want to be curious and I want to be open to it. Our brain hates pain and hates discomfort. Yet yes. that is where like our soul, our body and our spirit kind of grow together is, is that I've been trying to do those cold plunges and it, it really uh, yes. is uncomfortable. I've done, I've done two, but I'm kind of, I kind of want to do it like every other day. Just go sit in the tub. And it, I scream at first, and then finally you just kind of sit there, and you're like, yeah, I'm still freezing, but I, I can talk. I can just, you know, chill for a few minutes. But it's it's learning how to just manage discomfort. And it's yes. it's not like that discomfort goes away. Like, I'm still freezing by the end of the three minutes. Like, I'm still so cold. But then, like, at the end, it's like, oh, I slept so much better. Like, there are benefits that, like, you wouldn't have known if you had never tried this uncomfortable thing. But totally. Yeah. I have another question. Then, for, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you first. Well, and eventually that as you sit with the ice bath, um, I've been trying to do the same thing. I do kind of a cold blast in the shower and then I go to the plunge and do ice plunging cool. there. But <laughs> the more you do it, your body gets better at it and you're able to sit longer and have longer sits and, and see the benefits that come to your body. And I think it's very much the same way with pushing into this emotional resistance that we have and mental mm. resistance in our lives is it's just like that or going to the gym. You have to lift heavy weights that you almost can't lift. You end up dropping them yeah. because you're trying to push yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, that was really hard. And I pushed to failure. But the next time you come, your body builds and rebuilds. And now you're able to actually push that weight. And it's very much the same way with our emotional capacity to hmm. make changes, to lean into new values, to um, expand our emotional uh, bandwidth, um, we have to lean into that kind of that scar tissue almost 
and just do it and mm. feel the resistance and feel all of that pain and keep going in a way that's healthy, of course, but choosing a way that's, you know, you can let that anxiety and all that stuff come, but <laughs> still make changes where your brain is kind of freaking out. And eventually it kind of starts to, Hey, Oh, this is okay. Yeah. And then the next time you do it, you can go a little bit further. You can push it a little bit further, all that kind of thing. Um, I forgot who I was talking to, but they were saying like, we naturally love to like watch movies with surprises and plot twists. Like that is so intriguing to us. Yet when it happens in our own lives, we're like, wait, this can't happen. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen if, if this happens or it, it's just funny that it's so much harder for us to apply in our lives, even though it's like what we, we do like. And I think we, the more we try it, the more we'll realize, oh, okay, I like change. I like surprises in my own life because it is exciting. It keeps things new and that's, that's how we learn. You know, if everything stayed the same, we would, we would just, it'd be so boring. So it, it is fun to have twists and turns in our lives and yeah. lean into them. And it's so hard to let go of that control. I mean, I, mm. I, I talk about this, these concepts and I've been applying <laughs> them in different areas, but I still have things that I'm working on and kind of seeing, Hey, this is a place where I can maybe use some more emotional fitness and work on it and yeah. you know, break up that scar tissue and get better at it. But starting to sit there and cut out the distractions and the things like that, we start to see, oh, hey, here's some areas maybe I could work on and it's going to be difficult, but well, like we can do this. Like we can, we can cut out the distractions and we can work through some of that stuff and let it, you know, see where it takes us and let go of some of that control of, hey, this is how I think things should be to maybe things could be way better than I thought they ever could be. Mm. If I would just let go and mm. stop trying mm. to control so much. And tap into the reality, right? Yes. Yeah. Come back mm -hmm. to earth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we're up in our heads, we are not here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been trying. I've been on, like, whenever I do, like, an Instagram fast, I just find a new social media to fill my time. So I've been on Pinterest a lot. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's been lots of good quotes about overthinking and overanalyzing. And I feel like it's just so easy to get caught up in our own thoughts, which is, is why I've been trying to meditate more is because that totally helps you learn how to, to control your mind for a second and give your mind a break from thinking. Cause we are literally always thinking all the time. <clears throat> and so and it's like this overworked employee, I mean, the brain <laughs> is working so hard for, for us, like so hard. It wants to help. And we just debate and we debate and we debate. Uh -huh. And when you, you know, take that work away, this ragged employee that's just been run into the gutter <laughs> is like, hey, like, what are you doing? Like, all I know is you just, you know, working me to death. And so it kind of freaks out a little bit when you try to meditate, you know, when mm -hmm. we first start getting into this stuff, yeah. it's like, wow, this is really hard. But what you're doing is just slowing the brain down. It's like, it doesn't know anything else. It doesn't know mm -hmm. any better because we've always just pushed it into thinking and thinking. And yeah, thinking. it's true. So what, do you have an example of you living one of your values in your life? personal story <laughs> um so this last year in 2022 i uh i was it was i went on a trip earlier that year to florida and i was out at the beach and i loved being at the beach and i just kind of had this thought of like you know what like i kind of want to mix some things up i've always wanted to kind of mix some things up and just do something different and see where it takes me as well as i kind of wanted to step away from uh, everything that I was doing at the time. So this was kind of a big leap, but I moved to Hawaii for a few months. Um, I moved there for three months. I decided to move there for three months. And what I did was I got rid of all of my social media and I really wanted to just kind of reconnect with myself 
and see what came up. And part of that, that value there was I wanted to build a better relationship with myself and partially with God. Um, I think both of those are pretty connected. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went to Hawaii, I got rid of social media and I ended up living with a buddy that was living out there and in his townhouse. And it was a wild experience. Everyone, you know, when they're like, oh, you moved to Hawaii, like that is so, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, it was cool, but it put me in such an uncomfortable place with the living circumstances were not near as nice as what I was used to living to in Utah. And I got rid of all my social media. I had none of my friends there. Um, I was working from home there. So I just worked from the house. Um, but I noticed that it brought up all these really difficult feelings and thoughts. Like it was wild. It brought up all these things that I'd kind of just been suppressing with, you know, social media or whatever distractions Mm -hmm. we have watching Netflix or what all this stuff. It's, I just realized that whenever things got uncomfortable or thoughts came up, I was like, Oh, I'll just, you know, open up my phone and I'll just scroll through Pinterest or I'll scroll through, Mm -hmm. you know, Instagram or whatever it is. Oh yeah. And, um, over this three month time, I, uh, there was a few things that came up for me. And one of them was I found myself reacting in fear to the way I was living my religion. And so I noticed that all of my actions were based Mm -hmm. on this idea that if I didn't do my part, that I was going to be punished. And it's not like I hadn't heard otherwise that, you know, God loves you all the time and all these things, but I hadn't really Mm -hmm. understood that concept. I was still operating from a place of scarcity and like, oh, like I haven't done enough to be good enough or worthy enough or sufficient enough for God to love me. And um, as I didn't have all these distractions and I would go to the beach and stuff, I had some very difficult feelings come up. I had a lot of guilt come up. I had a lot of shame come up. I had a lot of anxiety come up. I had a lot of just really all the stuff you really don't want to feel and think like it was Mm -hmm. all coming up. And as I sat there, And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to go back to living the way that I've been living. The way that I have reacted to this, these kinds of feelings and thoughts in the past hasn't moved my life forward in any way that I want to. So Mm -hmm. I decided while I was out there, I was like, hey, I'm going to refuse to live from a place of fear um, on my relationship with God. And I want that to be from a place of love all the time. And so whenever Mm. thoughts and feelings came up that I felt were pushing me from a place of fear where I was like, whoa, I don't want this to happen. And I would feel this urge to like go control it or, you know, oh, I need Mm. to go talk to someone or, oh, I need to go do this or I need to go do that. I wouldn't do it. So I would, you know, quote unquote, break the brain's rules because the brain was like, we have to do this. Like, this is how we fix this. Mm. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm I'm just not going to do that. And the more I did that, there was at least about a month or so where the thoughts and the feelings got stronger and stronger and stronger. And it was almost unbearable. It was so difficult. But as I leaned into that, eventually I got to this place where it just switched on me. The brain finally was like, okay, well, I guess we're, we don't do this anymore. And I was able to let go and feel so close to God in a way that I hadn't felt in a very long time. Hmm. And it just opened up my whole perspective of there's so much controlling and checking and avoiding that I've been doing that's been covering up all of these things. And I needed to sit here with this for a a period of time to be able to get there. And so that changed my whole way of how I approach my religion and how I approach God and all those things, because now it's like, I refuse to come from a place of fear. So there will still be things that'll come up every now and again. It's like, Hey, we got to do this. And I'm like, I don't do that. Like literally just putting my hands up and it's like, 
I refuse to engage with that. I'm just not going to do that. And we're going to see what happens. Hmm. And it's scary and it's tough, but it's changing the way that I see myself and the way I see my relationship with God. So hmm. that has been a, a huge one for me. That is so interesting. I feel like I haven't really tapped into this idea in my life. Like I'm trying to think now of like how I could do that. Like what are things that I can put my hands up to and say, oh no, I'm not going to do that. Like do the opposite of what I've always done because if you do things differently, you'll get different results. So I guess step one is figure out where you want to see things different in your own life. And then step two, what are you doing? Step three, stop doing that and do the complete opposite. <laughs> and it feels so wrong. I mean, it's the opposite. Um, fortunately, <laughs> I was able to chat with my dad. Um, I trust him very much. and We have a really close relationship. So I would call him every now and again and just kind of chat through some things with him. Yeah. Um, as I was kind of almost reinstalling a new belief system, right? Yeah. Because you're, we've been believing a certain way. And when you start to change that belief, I started questioning all kinds of stuff. I was like, well, I don't know. Is this religion the right religion? Like, is I, all, I, all of a sudden, everything was on the table for debate. It's like mm -hmm. my testimony and everything that I'd ever known was now on the table because now I'm doing things different. And it's like, well, I don't know. Was any of that stuff real? Like, was any of that, you know, all these things. And it's kind of scary because what we're doing is we're letting go of all that control. We're just letting go and it all starts coming up. And it was so interesting to me that as I let go and I trusted, and that was both trusting myself that I could handle whatever was going to come. Mm -hmm. And then two, trusting God that he had me, that he was going to take care of me. And that was not a feeling. It wasn't a feeling of trust. It was me choosing to trust that, hey, I know all this stuff is coming up, but I know you got me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to keep pushing in this direction that feels like so wrong. Yeah. Um, but it definitely yielded results and moved me forward in a way that I have never, I haven't done in a very long time. Wow. I feel like I've tried to study trusting myself and trusting God. And the more I study it, the more it, it comes down to just me trusting myself because that's what God wants for us. So when we trust ourselves, I think we're naturally trusting God because all he wants for us is to use our agency and to, to be proactive. So that's making choices, even if we don't know if it's right or wrong. And I think getting rid of the idea of right and wrong is so liberating because then you can just be like, okay, what, what feels right to me? And then go with yes. that. But, yeah, totally. but because we've been taught and built up in certain cultures and ideas, I like that you kind of went on this journey of kind of taking it all away to then see where, where you kind of were maybe drawn to naturally, but it didn't feel natural because you had to, you've been trained otherwise. So then you had to, to get rid of that and try something new. And it was kind of contrary to the way that I have operated for soccer, because for soccer, mm -hmm. this trait of mine to clamp down and really work, just work and work and work and work and work until I got the result yeah. was what pushed me to become such a good player and to push through runs and to push through training and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that concept does not work for this. And Honestly, it's changing the way that I view the way that I do work out and the way that I do treat mm -hmm. my body because instead of forcing myself and pushing so hard, it's a, how can I give to myself in a way that's going to be useful? Mm. Like I, I'm so grateful for my body. So yeah. I'm going to go train at the gym because I'm, I'm grateful for it and I want to give strength to my body kind of a thing. Oh, I love um, that. But clamping down so tight on, you know, these belief systems, the way that I thought I needed to finally get better 
I would clamp down and my brain just wanted to solve, 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 solve. I'd think and I'd think yeah. and I'd think. And there were days and, you know, nights where it's like, I didn't sleep that much because I'm just thinking, I'm just sitting there thinking, mm-hmm, thinking, thinking. And mm-hmm. there was just a day where I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? I don't think this is very useful. And I just started kind of backing out of it, like taking a step back. And it's like, oh, whoa, like there's so much more room here. And it's so much more gray than this like black and white thinking that I've been thinking the whole time. Huh. Yeah. Life is gray. (laughs) Yeah. It's always going to be ambiguous. And that just creates more room for us to learn how to just make choices in the gray and and trust ourselves it's, i think it's all to help ourselves gain that confidence and for me it's it's okay what life do i want to be living what does that look like and how can i get there and and what does that mean to me and then you can incorporate the the so like the what the why and the who but i think sometimes for me i i like to put who first right and then that helps you look outward and then from there your problems are lessened as well as you you learn so much looking outward that your life kind of becomes this more balanced because you're less focused on it. I don't know. Did that make sense? No, I agree with that. And I think you're pretty in line with, you know, setting up your values that way. Like, hey, this is the life that I want. And mm-hmm. how do I reverse engineer that to get there? Yeah. And the more time that you spend outside of your head doing things for other people and focusing on these other things that's less time inside our heads because mm-hmm. being inside our head like time in the head is really not <laughs> it's just not useful as much as we'd like <laughs> to think that it is it really is just not that useful so hmm. that's why like probably reading and doing other useful things are helpful as well yes instead of with the values instead of distracting yeah so, instead of going to social media to like, Bam, i go straight to my phone yeah, no, for real. And I've noticed myself do like going to my phone so much. And I think it'd be good to even just like get rid of my phone for a month and just see what happens. <laughs> like it and could it be really cool so to good. just turn it off. But like for me, it's like, oh, but then what if what if I am in an emergency and I don't have anyone to call? But like everyone has phones around you. So I'm like, I kind of want to get rid of my phone. Maybe I'll do it for like a week or even a day. <laughs> Start with a day and go from there and just like and not even example. just leave my phone at home. Turn yeah. It off. Like that whole idea of like, as soon as you step into some uncertain, your brain's like, well, Hey, what if you are somewhere and you like need to have a phone really bad? Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I don't want that bad thing to happen. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my phone. Yeah. And it's kind of leaning into some of the stuff being like, yeah, brain, maybe like, maybe I'm going to be like, stranded on a cliff and like about to die but i'm gonna leave my phone here anyways <laughs> and the brain's just like what are you doing it's like yeah i'm gonna do it anyway because we've so. we've like subconsciously trained our brain into these unhelpful habits it's just trying to keep us safe that's I mean, true it, it really is just trying to help us so it's these safety behaviors of mm. but the more safety behaviors i do i find the less vulnerable and open i am to building strong connections and relationships with other people and for me that's like my number one value is being able to build good relationships with people. I love that because that's what brings so much life and love to life. But um, Mm -hmm. the more safety behaviors I do, the more I kind of corner myself. And I don't really mean to, but the more safety stuff I do, the less open I am Mm. to those experiences. Like you're less vulnerable with those relationships and less connected because you're less vulnerable. That makes sense. And vulnerability is scary. It's scary to open your heart to people. It's, It's just our brains don't like that, right? That's the discomfort. 
So you shared a quote in the forum and I'm going to read it because I loved it. It says, perhaps happiness is always to be found in the journey uphill and not in the fleeting sense of satisfaction awaiting at the next peak by Jordan Peterson. Tell us why you love that quote. Um, So that kind of goes in line with everything we've kind of been talking about here. But Mm -hmm. uh, the idea of, hey, once I finally climb this mountain, I'll be happy. Or once I finally climb this mountain, I'll finally be healthy or I'll finally be good. Um, It's this never ending track. And the idea here is, hey, I'm going to voluntarily choose responsibility, um, which is for me that uphill is voluntarily choosing responsibility in my life that is directed towards my values. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard and it's going to be difficult. And um, I could easily just not choose that stuff. Um, But because I choose it, there's going to be fulfillment and value given to me in that journey of just taking on that responsibility and doing it Mm -hmm. and taking the action. And it's not just getting, I'm not just scrapping and scrambling to get to the top of the mountain. I'm choosing those values. And because Mm -hmm. I'm choosing those values, I can be here in this moment right now and enjoy and love life to the fullest Mm because we don't know if we're going to live tomorrow and we can (laughs) touch that. We can touch like, Hey, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. And since that's the biggest uncertainty ever, I want Mm. to pour my absolute heart and soul into right now, Yeah, whatever that is. Another podcast um, interviewee I had said, happiness is now. And it's true. And I'm thinking about my trail run I went on yesterday. It was just muddy and snowy and there was a few uphill climbs. But like, it it really is just enjoying that, like each step, like your body's so strong, propelling you up a hill. And then you kind of get to the top of the hill and you enjoy the view, but like you can enjoy the view when you're climbing uphill too. Like I just turned around for a second, just took in the view and then just like kept going and like just the whole process of it all. And, and I, I was inspired by my friend who says he doesn't run with music. So I turned off my music and I just was like listening to my feet move and the mud squish and the the wind and the birds and the, yeah, it was just cool to, to really just tap into that moment. And I was so happy, so happy. Didn't have anything yeah. else on my mind, which sometimes I love running because I have a lot on my mind and I sift through it. But sometimes it really is just like you're out there and you're in that moment and it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. So cool. I mean, that's, that really is it. I mean, it's just, all oh, that's all we have is this moment. And it, isn't that so cool? And we're able to do that when we're mm-hmm. able to kind of get into that moment of like, wow, I'm so grateful for my body. I'm so grateful for these mountains and the birds and I think sometimes when we're just focused on that next peak or that next problem we need to solve to finally be good, the yeah. blinders come on. It's like we're mm. so focused on getting there that we we miss everything else and yeah. the whole the whole meaning of being there in the first place. And so, yeah. yeah, it might be good to get to the top of that mountain, but it's like, well, this was a beautiful scenery, but I literally missed all of it. Like I yeah. missed everything. Yeah. Um, I think an example for that is hiking temp. I kind of loved hiking it in the dark and then you get to the peak and it's light. And then on your way down, you're like, whoa, this is what we came up and you got to (laughs) finally enjoy all the things. And I don't know. It was just so cool to be be like, wow, like we went through this and now we're seeing it more clearly. And then I also hiked it in the daytime for the whole time. And it, it was, it was still just as cool just to see, see around you and the process of it is so fun. Um, I had one more thought. I'm trying to, to remember it. While I think about it, what is a takeaway from today or or kind of why should other people know about value-driven living? Um, 
I think the biggest takeaway for me and that I would probably want other people to know is that instead of focusing so much on trying to solve the problems right now, we can go and do and live the life that we want to live. So what are all the things that, you know, your listeners want to be doing in their lives that they're not doing? Mm -hmm. Like put that down, put down the stuff that you actually want to be doing and then see where you're putting your time and your resources. And if that's all spent up in your head, trying to control and fix and avoid and get things right before you can go do it, we will never do the things we want to live. And this life is so short. And Mm -hmm. so why not lean into that stuff and do the stuff you want to live? And it's going to feel like if you've ever been swimming in the deep end and you're holding on to that ledge because you've got that security feeling like, oh, I'm I'm safe here because I'm holding on the ledge, even though it's, you know, 40 feet down and, and it's I'm really scary. I'm not working or treading water yet. <laughs> nope. I'm not working or treading water and I'm, I'm holding the edge. I know it's here. Like, I know I have this, this anchor here. Yeah. And when you start to do the things you actually want to do in your life and stop doing all these safety behaviors and all these other things, it's going to feel like you stepped away from that ledge and you no longer have that support and you kind of freak out for a second. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I'm treading water. I'm, ah, this is so scary. Like, I don't know. But then you like, I'm going to get tired. I'm going to have to work. Yeah, I'm going to get tired. I have to work. Like I have to, there's so many things and it's, and it's uncertain because I no longer have that ledge to hold on to. There's nothing grounding me anymore. Mm -hmm. And it feels like that for a second, but then you start to explore and be curious about all the beautiful things that life has to offer. So my biggest takeaway would be do the things that you want to do, choose those things you want to go do Mm -hmm. and then go do them. And that's in every moment of every day. I love that. I think for me, we've talked about so many things and my last thought was kind of like, you were kind of talking about just learning to love that process, even though it's hard. And like at the gym, you, you get a weight that you're struggling with. And that's something I've been trying to focus on. And I mean, there really is, I guess I'm discovering that pump when you're, when your muscles are just kind of like, Whoa, you just worked me so hard. Like I'm learning that's that's what all these gym bros love. Um, (laughs) But but it's the fact that like, wow, like I am like, not just, you know, doing some reps and like can breathe, but like really like struggling and like making funny sounds and like pushing myself because that is when the muscles actually being built. And then the next time I do it, I'm like, okay, I've done this weight before. And then you can do more reps and then just keep increasing that weight because that's how you grow. But I'm learning to just love that, like, it, it is pain, but, like, learning to enjoy it in a way. Like, enjoy that, like, struggle. And even with running, too, like, going up a hill, it's like, you want to stop. You want to just walk. But if you can just learn to just, you know, like, love that burn in your legs and just go and do. And that's kind of like the cold plunging, too. You just got to learn to, like, love that feeling of, holy cow, what am I doing? then like you really are just blessed from it and your mentality and your mindset is just happier and more free so my takeaway is just to to continue to push myself oh and then my last thought is is track what you're doing with your time look at your screen time track how you fill your day and that will tell you where your priorities are where your values are and then evaluate okay be like wow I I do spend way too much time on my phone how can I change that and then do the uncomfortable thing and leave your phone at home. Like, like there are little actions you can do if you, if you just are aware of them. And that's a big, I really like that piece. One last piece here with that is that instead of focusing on all the stuff you don't want in your life, part of this mm-hmm. whole idea is that you're focusing on the things you do want in your life. 
And that journey of focusing on the stuff that you do want, Mm -hmm. you're naturally going to have to cut out stuff that is in your life right now that you don't want because it just doesn't align with what you want in your life. Mm. Even if you're doing it because you subconsciously want it, you have to really think about what you really want. So if I've spent five hours on my phone on social media, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to start a business, it's like, (laughs) okay, well, this isn't necessarily taking me where I want to go. And I can see now that that is a distraction, probably because I'm feeling a lot of discomfort and anxiety or resistance to starting a business because mm-hmm. there's so much uncertainty with that totally. so it's like hey I need to feel that stuff and stop buffering it with this phone yeah. and stop doing safety behaviors with boom I'm just going to go to my phone as soon as I have a difficult feeling or thought or things like that yeah so wrapping it all up living I'm reading what you wrote living a value-driven life gives you the opportunity to say no so that you can say yes to the things you want to keep and grow in your life Zach McCulloch, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Zach, you had so many great thoughts. Thank you so much. And I look forward to continue to learning from you. I think you have a lot to offer, and I'm grateful you shared it with us today. So I love this. Thanks for listening, everybody. Spread the light, light the passion. Bye.